We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast your saturday crew is here i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast and game on wisconsin and the quicksilence podcast along with mark eckel of packer report and paul brettel of dairyland express Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, before we jump into our typical weather report, we normally start with Mark Eckel on the East Coast, but we have someone even further east that we have to call out. We, Mr. Scott Cameron, who has kindly tweeted at us in support of our fantastic weather reports, chimes in from across the pond and states that this week it has been in the high 60s and sunny, though expecting some thundery showers this weekend. And Scott was even kind enough to convert from Celsius to Fahrenheit for us guys. Unless he's because sixty degrees Celsius means it's about hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit. And I don't think that is accurate for Scotland. So Scott, thank you so much for all of your support over in Scotland. So now we move a little further west to the US East Coast. Mark Eckel, what's going on over at the beach? No, um it's beautiful. It was a little little bit of rain Friday. Um which was kind of a good break because it was it was pretty hot and um, we need we we need one one day of a little bit of you know I don't need to be on a beach every day uh, so it was a little bit of rain <laughs> but, but but today and tomorrow we're back to it cooled off I think the rain cooled off a little bit too so it could be it'd be like low to mid eighties sunny just a beautiful you know perfect beach weather um, I I I got to add something be, before we go and oh and the the um, the Scotland thing is timely since the the European soccer thing is going on this this week. There, right? I mean, the the Euros are they're down to the final four now. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, two teams are in the Italy and uh, Spain made it to the final four. I think there's two games later today. So, for our soccer fans, they might want to know what the weather's like over in Europe, right? Right. Um, and also, you know, my new name now will be the referee. Yes, <laughs> starting because we have uh, a Bucks fan with us and a Suns fan, and I'm expecting that to be the NBA final. I got no dog in that, so I'll just I'll just step back, and you guys get a little too violent. I'm gonna have to call foul. That's all. 
Uh, one thing I'll add to that is that as a Bucks fan, I have learned, especially in recent years, never, ever, ever count your chickens before they've hatched. Oh, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not there yet, but hopefully, hopefully we are soon. I, I think you're okay. I that was the sultry silky smooth voice of paul brettel <laughs> paul i thought you would just take out take a, you know take over and just pop into the weather because we the most important place on earth is lambeau field wisconsin <laughs> which got should have its own zip code and it should be its own city kind of like vatican city lambeau, <laughs> yeah, lambeau i like that lambeau yeah. field wisconsin should literally be its own city and zip code so what is Perfect. going on in the dairyland state of wisconsin because the weather lately has been a very up and down so what are what are we looking like Oh, it's up and down again. Fourth of July weekend, 90s and sunny. It's going to be hot, but honestly, compared to last weekend when it just rained the whole time, which I'll add we did desperately need, uh, it, it was still boring being inside all weekend. So I'll happily take the 90 and sunny. And let's do something fun moving forward for our listeners. If they're so inclined, a few of we usually record Friday evening. So if you want to send us your weather report, hit one of us up on Twitter. We'll read a few of them yeah, off. Let's see if we can go. get yeah, this trend going. Yeah. We'll get one or two. If you feel inclined, please do, and we'll read it off, and you can join us in discussing the weather. And if you're from one of the, the crazier places like Petty Kodiak, Canada, or something like that, <laughs> then yeah. even even better. Yeah, the more eclectic, the more international, the better. No doubt about it. So, well, guys. Our I, goal should be to get Al Roker. <laughs> Good luck. Making us. <laughs> a weather report. If Al Roker is even listening to this podcast, then we should just invite him on. Exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be. He'd be There's your open invitation. What's what's happening in your neck of the woods, guys? So so we're almost we're almost there. Training camp is we're in the month. The training camp starts, but we're not quite there yet. So in an effort and in the absence of actual football happenings right now, unfortunately that. Big, big piece of news has still not dropped. We have no clarity on that. We're going to do something fun again, and we're going to review and go through each of our favorite Packers through history. Not all of them, because that would be a five-hour long show. But we're going to pick a couple of our absolute favorites in Packers history and go through all of them. And it's going to be a fun one because... We're you've got three distinct age groups here, so this should be pretty fun to kind of to kind of uh, go through. But we got to start with Mark Eckel, who's been a fan of the Green Bay Packers since the days of the Ice Bowl. So, Mark, I have no idea which players you're going. I'm I'm just utterly intrigued. So we're going to start with you. The floor is yours. Who you got? Who you starting with? All right. Well, we're starting the way we're going to do it. Right. The first is who's your first favorite? Player? Correct. You're a little kid. First time you watch the game. Well. That's, I mean, and I've mentioned this in the past. Bart Starr was my favorite. I mean, he was just first of all, his name was so cool, right? Bart, you're a kid. Bart Starr, he's got to mm-hmm. be good. His name's Star. He's a star, right? Uh-huh. Come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So Bart Starr, and and then the more I got to know about him growing up and stuff, it just I was so happy that he was my favorite player, and he, he's my favorite player of all time. Um, I, I think I've told you this. I have the autographed Bart Starr jersey that I've had with me since 1990. I've told this story before, haven't I? With Zeke Rakowski getting it for me. I don't know if you have. I'm not sure. Okay, well, here's here's the story. Okay. 1990, a friend of mine for Christmas buys me a Super Bowl one Bart Starr jersey. Not the the one he wore in the game. I thought this I could carry it away. But it's, you know, Super Bowl (laughs) one Bart Starr's jersey from Super Bowl one. Wow, great. So Zeke Rakowski, who was Bart's very good friend, they stayed best friends until they both passed away. Which they passed away within like months of each other too, by the way. Um, and Zeke was the back was Bart's backup quarterback. 
Well, Zeke was the Eagles offensive coordinator for a few years. And he and I got along very well because, uh, you know, I told him I was a Packer fan. So we would, he'd tell me Lombardi stories and we would just sit back sometimes and it was great. So the Eagles were out of it that year. Was No, I'm sorry. This was not 1990. It had to be 93. Yeah, 1993 it was. I'm sorry. Last time the um, Suns made it to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was 1993. And the Eagles are out. They're, they're not going to the playoffs. They have one game left after Christmas and they're going away. So, again, I, I get this for a Christmas present. I'm, I'm back in the locker room day after Christmas. I see Zeke. Merry, hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I said, hey, guess what I got as a present? He's like, what? Um, a, you know, Bart's jersey from Super Bowl one, but he goes, oh, that, oh, that's great. He says, hey, he says, I'm going to see Bart next week. I'm meeting him for whatever, just that other thing. He goes, why don't you bring it in tomorrow? I'll bring it to him. And I'll have him autograph it for you. I said, oh, geez, that, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. So I bring it in. I give it to Zeke. And uh, about, I don't know, a week, 10 days later, I get this big package back in the mail. And I open it up. There it is. Bart, to, to Mark, best wishes, Bart Starr, right across the, the uh, 15, no, right, right across the five of the 15. So I get it framed and I, and I hang it up. And it's been with me ever since. I, I, I moved a few times. And there's another story that goes along with this. So I'm not sure what year this was, but I, it was, I, I, I moved from one house to another house. This is when I'm still back up north. And I was dating this this girl at the time. I'm, I'm not dating her any longer, and you'll know why after this statement. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm decorating this this new house, and and she's kind of helping picking things out, helping me a little bit, like a little bit along the way. And we're having lunch one day, and she says, "Oh, I found a a perfect painting that would go, you know, perfect in your house." And I'm like, "Oh, what?" And she's telling me about. It. I'm like, "Yeah, it sounds good. The colors, whatever." And I'm like, "But where would I put that?" And she says, over the over the couch in the in the TV room. I'm like, where my Bart Star jersey's hanging? Yeah. I said, <laughs> that's where the Bart Star jersey's hanging. <laughs> and she says, I thought that was just temporary. Oh. I said, No, you're temporary. <laughs> the, the jersey's up there for good. And I said, and needless to say, he was gone in like another another week or so. That that wasn't gonna work, right? So, yeah, so the Bar Star jersey has hung over my couch in my TV room in three different houses and two different states. And it's still there now. And one little one little extra to that story. So, Bar Star came to Princeton, New Jersey. Again, I forget what year it was now. Um, he came to, do, to, to give a speech to these business things or whatever. And my boss at the time, he says to me, hey, um, Bart Star's coming to Princeton. You want to go go do a story on it? I just looked at him like, you're, you're kidding, right? Do I want to do it? I'd do that for free. <laughs> so um, I went and I met. It was just like me, this radio guy named Dave, and some other guy who I don't, I still don't even know his name. I'm some young guy that was there. So it's like, really, I have like a, a one-on-one with Bart Starr for like an, a half hour, which was amazing. And uh, and he was great. God, was he great. I was just talking. It was right, I'll tell you what year it was. 96 or 97. Uh, it was after the past. I'm not sure if it was after they won the Super Bowl or lost the Super Bowl, but it was one of those those two years. And we were just, he was telling me all about Favre, what he thought of Favre. It was, he was great. And we were talking about him, and it was just a great thing. And I, and I mentioned the, the Jersey story to him about how I got the Jersey and Zeke. He's like, oh, you're the guy Zeke always talked about. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure, but yeah, he says, Zeke used to always talk about some writer in Philly that, 
was a big fan of the Packers. My mom like, Dad, that's me. <laughs> and so it was just it was just so cool, like meeting them and, and getting you know when, like I said, everything I've ever heard about. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about about Bark Star as a per. I mean, as a player or a person, you know, as a coach, maybe I've heard some bad things about him. But um, I mean, so that he's my number one. Okay. Um, then growing up, you know, I guess I was like, got to you know really got to know football and watched it more. Not as you know, as I'm still a fan, but you know, in my growing years, James Lofton was he was a you know, for a lot of those bad years, he was our only good player mm-hmm. and just exciting as all hell. I averaged like 20 yards a catch and he made some made big. It's a shame that team wasn't better because he would have really been been a superstar. I mean, he was a superstar anyway in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, I mean, so as if you're a Packer fan in that era. And there wasn't much, wasn't much else to root for, I guess. But so it was James Lofton. I, I had a Lofton jersey. And again, I got another story for you. I, I actually, I met him later on and, and got to know him pretty well because he played for the Eagles. I think one year it was toward the end. Actually, he, the Packers traded him to the Raiders, and the Raiders cut him. The Eagles signed him like in the middle of the year. Um, he finished out that year, and then I think he went to Buffalo and Buffalo. actually did pretty well. Very well. Yep. It looked like he was done, and he, he kind of had a little bit of a re- resurgence in uh, Buffalo. But um, I actually broke the story that the Eagles were signing him because I'm hanging around. We're, 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 you know, we're down. To, they, they, they signed him, like I said, like during the season. I guess the Raiders had released him whatever week, and then uh, the Eagles. But the reason I, I the reason I how I got the story was I'm I'm there at the vet. That's when they back when they practice at, at Veterans Stadium and stuff, and I'm I'm hanging around whatever, and I I saw him, and I. I, of course, I recognized him because he's James Lott. He's my favorite player growing up, right? So, so I see him and I went up and I start, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I just came. I, I just signed a contract. I'm going to the hotel. We got a couple minutes. To, yeah, so we talked and no, every no one, no other writer was around. So I went up getting the story and then we, we became because I was the first writer that he met. We kind of became friendly to where when I I would see him through the years, like like I said, he, he went to the Bills. I think he went to a couple of Super Bowls with the Bills, if I'm not mistaken. When the Bills went to those four straight Super Bowls, he was on at least one, if not two, of those. Two. I was going to ask you if you're so. Do you support if players leave and not if they beat the Packers, but when they have success elsewhere? Is it? Is I mean, are you still supporting them? Because they, I mean, you were they were you were a big fan of yes. them when they were Packers, and then they go yes. somewhere else. And yeah, yes, yeah, well, yes. Names lost, and I rooted for him with the Raiders and the Bills and whatever he was. Um, again, if he, if he played the Packers, I'd want him. To, I'd want him to catch. You know. 10 balls for 150 yards, but the Packers win the game. Um, no, yeah, so yeah, no, I love Lofton. And then but, and then he became, so I, I wrote about him those Super Bowl years, because I remember he gave me a really good story that he went to Super Bowl two. I think he, he said it was. Yeah, because he grew up in Los Angeles. Super Bowl two was in Los Angeles when the Bills, I mean, when the Packers played the uh, Raiders. And him and his, his dad, like, he was saying like, yeah, it was like no big deal. Like, they went that day, bought tickets, and went to the game. Like he was a little kid. His dad took him. So I remember that, yeah, that was one of the Super Bowl stories that I wrote about him. And then he became a TV guy. He was doing some TV and radio. And I'd see him at different games. You know, I was covering for the Eagles. And, um, or I was covering the Eagles. He'd be at some some Eagle games. And still, as soon as he saw me, hey, Mark. What are you? So it was like, it's, it's, it's crazy to have like a guy that you grew up admiring so much become a guy that says, sees you and says, hey, Mark, how, you know, how how you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so James Lofton was my grown-up favorite Packer, and now current, right? We're going to do current Packer. 
Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we go around the horn with the with the oh, I'm sorry. Okay. with the I'm formers? Yeah. Okay. Let's go around the horn with the formers. So I guess I guess I'll pop in next since in in the in the uh, chronological order, then then it would be myself. So my I didn't start really intent, intently following the Packers until um, the I think I've mentioned it before. It was uh, 1986. So the Bears had just won the Super Bowl, which that's how long it's been, by the way, folks. And the following season, I started following the Packers. And actually, you know what, Mark, I, uh, I, I didn't realize this, but the night that the game that I, I reference as the game I became a Packers fan when they hosted the Bears on Monday Night Football, uh, that was the night Tim Lewis got hurt. Oh, that was the Tim Lewis get hurt game. And I so I never got to really start following him or become a fan of him because I didn't follow intently until I was a few years older than that. So a couple of years later than that, I started following the team. So around 88, 89. Well, if you'll remember, the Packers drafted this wide receiver that was was pretty good and was supposed to take over the world. And he honestly would have if he played a full career. His name was Sterling Sharp. And Sterling Sharp was, you know, I, I could have picked Don Mikowski because the 89 mm-hmm. season, I remember vividly, the comeback wins and they were bad for such a long time. And then finally they were winning some big games. They beat the Niners on the road. You know, they had some, some big wins in that, in that season and they ended up falling just short. They finished 10 and six and they just follow, ended up falling just short of the playoffs that year, which was criminal because Packers, yeah. Packers fans had already waited so long since the, the glory years and through a lot of really crap years in the seventies and eighties. But Sterling Sharp was mine because as a kid, I had just started getting into sports. And so what do all young kids want to do when they start playing sports? They all want to be running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks. So, of course, I wanted to be Sterling Sharp. I wanted to catch everything and, and take everything for a touchdown and just be as good as he was. And he was just – he got the ball so often because it was – you know, he was kind of like the Jordan principle. Get the ball to Sterling and everybody else get the heck out of the way or block. And so Sharp was my first favorite player in a Packers uniform. So the 84 was was special. And they became a good team. They finally beat the Bears. Sharp makes that catch. You know, we have a reversal against the Bears in 89. And they finally get a win against Chicago for the first time. And, man, I was riding my bike around the block. <laughs> I lived in... I lived near Mequon, for those of you in Wisconsin who, who want a, you know, a little local tie. I lived in Mequon at the time, and I was right. I mean, everybody in Mequon and little Thienesville where I lived could hear, could hear me because I was shouting and screaming after the Packers won that game. Everybody was out honking their horns, and that was an exciting, exciting time. Very unfortunate end to Sharp's career because I think if he doesn't get hurt, uh, now, of course, you can rewrite history and, and you know, spin it a, a thousand different ways. Because if Sterling Sharp doesn't get hurt, do the Packers have the same players and strategy they do in 96? And do they still get to the Super Bowl? You'd like to think that they would have made, you know, they were really good. They had the best offense, defense, and special teams. They were 13-3, and three, and they ran over everybody, and they won a championship. But if Sterling Sharp could have been a part of that, how much better could they have possibly been? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Can I tell you a little story that you're not going to like to hear? Okay. Andy, Andy Reid, when, when he and I were on speaking terms, said to me that was the best... One of the best things that happened to the Packers, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to Sharp at all, but he said was was Sharp getting hurt because it forced Favre to look around, to come to become more of a complete quarterback. He said all Brett would do is look for Sharp and throw him the ball. It didn't matter. He would he wouldn't look at anybody else. He said when Sharp got hurt, it forced him to to look at Brooks and Freeman and the tight end and the back. It made him. He he thinks that's the best thing that ever happened to Brett Favre was throwing Sharp getting. Oh, I've heard that. Again, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but. Yeah. But, I've uh, heard, yeah, I've heard that before. No, and and listen, I don't think anyone's going to complain about the Packers winning a Super Bowl in '96. I mean, we would have loved Sharp to have been a part of it, but they won a championship. I'm not going to complain with how it went down at all. It's so, a shame for Sharp that he wasn't that he didn't get to enjoy that moment. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that was that was the tough part. That was the really tough part for for me was that he wasn't part of it. And then there's this debate about whether he's a Hall of Famer. He didn't play enough years, and he still, you know, he still has decent. Somewhat decent ties to the Packers, you know. He's he's spoken about the team before, and and he you know been pretty complimentary of them. Even though uh, when he came in, I I think one of the uh, you know one of the things was he had at first he had a little bumpy relationship with the media, or I could be mistaken. Maybe it was never bad. I think I think he also went out of his way to say, look, if I have a bad game, like I'll still talk to the media because at that time nobody was having good games in Green Bay, and so they were probably all grumpy. I'm sure the, the cover of the Packers in the 70s and 80s had to have been a much different job than it was during the 90s. So Sterling Sharp, my choice for my first favorite Green Bay Packer, and then my second, kind of an overlap because they played together, but a couple years later, the Packers draft a cornerback out of Florida State, and Another secondary member, and of course, I'm I, you know, yeah. like like playing defense, like like playing, you know, I played uh, two on one football with with some friends in their huge backyard and back in the Wisconsin days, and it was like you had a quarterback and a receiver, and it was like one on one, you know, it was like you had you counted ten ten Ala, ten <laughs> Alabama or ten Mississippi, and then you could rush, 
and then the other the other guy was the receiver. So I love playing defense. So it was Leroy Butler who turned into a safety, and he's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a fantastic so. as a fantastic safety and um, the the self proclaimed inventor of the Lambo leap. Although there's some mild debate over whether or over where that came from, but he definitely did it did it the most. He had the most memorable leap for sure. That first one against the Raiders when he took the uh, lateral from Reggie into the end zone and scored a touchdown. So Leroy Butler and I played safety in high school, the one minuscule season I played football. And that was my, a lot of my motivation for it was just the way he played. He was such a leader, just, you know, such a great personality. I still listen to his, him on the big show today. And especially during football season, I live for his comments because of his, his take on the the human aspect, the leadership aspect and what they need. I was listening to him talk about the bucks and what they need to do with Giannis being hurt. And I'm like, he still has that competitive fire in him. You know, I had to turn the volume down because his, his voice goes up so high and he gets so loud. But Leroy Butler would be would be um, my 1A from back in the day. Those, those two represent my childhood, and I'll save my current for the rest of the discussion. But for me, it's Sterling Sharp and Leroy Butler. So I feel pretty good, Mark. We're, we're representing all the different eras here, and now we're going to transition over to Paul, who's going to take us into more of the contemporary Green Bay Packers teams. And, Paul, I honestly don't know who your first one's going to be, so I'm excited to hear. The first jersey I ever owned, and I was born in 91, so this is obviously prime Favre era, but it wasn't a Brett Favre jersey. It was Robert Brooks. Oh, okay. Yeah, Robert Brooks was my first favorite player, and – you know, thinking back on it for the show, it, he came to mind first. And, you know, obviously the jersey, as I remembered, but I pulled up his stats. You know, you're five, six, seven years old. Chances are it's the big plays, the touchdowns that are going to attract you. And so I went here and looked. And 1995, he had almost 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. His 96 season was cut short. But then again in 97, he had another 1,000 yard season, seven touchdowns, 17 yards per catch. So it was just that exciting, that big playability when you're when you're a younger kid. And for him, those were the best years of his career. And that was right when, you know, you're five, six, seven years old. You start paying attention to, you know, the football on the TV screen and what's going on around you. So Robert Brooks was my first favorite Green Bay Packer. Uh, Transitioning more to contemporary. I apologize. I'm going to cheat here a little bit. I do have two. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I have to say, and it's not even because of his play on the field, which is why I'm going to mention him. But living here in Green Bay, there was the summer of Favre like every year for four years. Over the summer, it dominated the news. Is Favre going to retire? Is he not going to retire? And then he'd come back a year later. It's the same thing over and over. And when the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, as I'm sure everyone remembers, fans were not happy about that. Um there were the booze at family night, the folks upset at practices that he was just on the team. And so for me at the time, I was in middle school um, when they drafted him. And as this was. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing you're in middle school. Today. <laughs> yeah. As this is going on. And for me, that made me gravitate towards him. So before he even stepped on the field, before he even knew who he was, I was just a fan of his because so many people weren't. And I at the time I was like, this is I just thought it was unfair and so I was like, I'm going to root for him. So I got his jersey and fortune. And then he be, obviously became Aaron Rodgers. So I just wanted to mention that little story because it was everything that went on around it that made me root for him. And even now, um, I'm 110 percent in Jordan Love's corner. Not that I don't want Aaron Rodgers back. Of course I do. But it's kind of that same feeling almost where you're you know, you just want to back the guy who is your quarterback or might end up being your quarterback. 
So I just had to take that little detour. But my all-time favorite Packer, Eddie Lacy. I really? I had a I feeling. Loved, I had a feeling that I was... loved Eddie Lacy when they drafted him out of Alabama. So now I'm in. I was in college. Not sure what year. Finally, Paul gets to college. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Paul grows up. <laughs> so I'm in college. They draft Eddie Lacy. I'm thrilled. I loved watching him in Alabama. And he gets here to Green Bay and just his his style of play where he could run you over. But if, you, you know, the DB or the linebacker, whoever braces for the impact, and then all of a sudden he goes around you. He was uh, – obviously he was rookie of the year. He was also effective in the passing game as well. But I also just loved his personality. He was – he talked about all the time, and this is when Twitter was starting to take off. But he talked about how he loved cartoons. I love cartoons. Um, you know what I mean? So was, he was just very relatable. You could tell that um, – he was just a fun-loving, easygoing guy. And so in addition to what he brought on the football field, which, again, I loved. I loved just his ability to run you over, but ability to go around you, feed him the ball 30 times a game, he's ready to go. I just love that style from a running back. You know, it was very kind of Wisconsin Badgers-esque. But also it was just his personality. I have his signed uh, jersey of his hanging up down here in our basement. Uh, so Eddie Lacy just – for all those reasons, he 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 is my all-time favorite Packer, at least from since I've been watching. So you can so what that's called with the Rodgers thing, Paul, is you can say you were a fan of Aaron Rodgers before it was cool. That's <laughs> that's how I would word it. You were a fan right. of his I, before I it was want, before wanna, it was popular. Yeah, but I didn't want to say it that way, and I'm not sitting here saying I knew he was going to be good. I had no idea. It was just strictly because no. so many people were upset with him, and it wasn't his fault. It's like Roger said about Jordan Love. Jordan Love didn't ask to come to Green Bay. Jordan Love didn't say, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers' job. Aaron Rodgers didn't say, I'm going to take Brett Favre's job. He ended up I mean, here. Rogers might have said that. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> but, of course. That's fair, but not beforehand. So it was really for those reasons that I just kind of latched on to him early on. I was like, and not that everyone was upset with him, but I was, you know, as a fan, I was like, I'm going to be in his corner. And then, um, so obviously it just took off from there and, and as we all know, fantastic to watch. Turned out to be a really good bet. And I will say, <laughs> and Mark, I'm sure you probably have some thoughts too. So Brooks was a favorite of mine as well. And I I loved him because he was emerging in 95. And I was like, he's going to break out and be huge in 96. And then unfortunately, halfway through the season, he tears his ACL in the Monday night game against the Niners. And he has to sit out the rest of the season. I'll never forget him on the sideline at the Super Bowl taking video with his old school camcorder. You know, the one that used to have the cap over the lens and it would hang down from the I mean, I'm laughing because now video cameras are so much more sophisticated. But I remember him videotaping it. And it's just like, you know, gutted for him that he's on the sidelines. Then the following year, he's healthy and we get back to the Super Bowl. But the Packers didn't end up winning and they couldn't get one with him on the field. But he was a huge part of it. If he doesn't go down, I have to wonder if if, uh, Antonio Freeman breaks out the way he does. Because Freeman was a good role player, but he was also returning kicks and doing some of those other things because Brooks was out there and then Freeman had to step into the limelight and then they had Don Beebe that year. Uh, But I was a a huge, huge Brooks fan. Huge Brooks fan. And then Eddie Lacy, no surprise. You know, that's that's I think I knew that's where you were headed with it. And we almost forget about him because he was with Green Bay for such a short period of time, but he was so and he impa- was so good. He was so impactful. He was so impactful. But I will say, the thing that disappointed me the most, uh, because I think I have more positive memories than not. But I'll never, I will never forget that playoff game against the Cardinals, and he gets out into the open and he just can't score. 
And it was just so disappointing because I'm like, man, rookie season Lacey makes, he gets in the end zone. He breaks out and he scores, and maybe that would have been the difference, and maybe they beat the Cardinals and have a chance to go to a conference championship from there. But, yeah, Lacey was a, was, was a great player. Mark, I'm sure you remember Robert Brooks, and those, oh, are, those are the that. glory 96 days. Yeah, well, I mean, let me, yeah, let me just talk about first, – first, let me go back to yours, Jason. I, Leroy, Butler, if, if we did top five Packer, my favorite – top five of all time butler's on the list mm-hmm. i'm not sure where i mean star obviously wouldn't star and lofton would have been like i said my one two probably reggie and butler would have been right there um i mean they were i was already covering football by then so i'm still a fan of packers fan but i'm not as you know i'm not as we the way we broke it down they wouldn't have fit in my in my scheme of things but i love i mean how do you not like love Leroy butler i mean just you know Great player, great again, great off the field as well. He is great to listen to. He doesn't he still do a thing with Tom Silverstein of, of the Journal Sentinel? Oh, I don't know if he still Boston. does that segment or not, but he's on the big show on the radio with uh, in yeah, Milwaukee. I think he does. I think after like during the season, after every game, he breaks down like five things about the gamers. I mean, so insight just a okay, nothing. He and he belong. The fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is just a damn crime. It really is. I mean, who they who they put in ahead of him last year? Some some was it John Lynch or somebody? Yeah, and Lynch is in. Yeah, yeah, he, no. he even close. It's not even close. It's not even close that who's a better safety. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, Steve Atwater, so yeah, too. Uh, and That's Brooks, what else I was trying to think of, yeah. Brooks, my memory about Brooks is, is the 99-yard touchdown against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Oh, so sweet. Right? I mean, a record that will never be broken. It can only be tied, right? So, yeah, I mean, and he, again, another just great player. Um, him and Freeman... It's funny you mentioned Freeman. Like they're in my mind together, Brooks and Freeman. Like they just—I don't know for some, whatever reason—I just linked them those, those two. Um, and Lacey, yeah, you know, I, you know, what I wanted to do, and I, I never got it done in any. It just didn't work. I wanted to make up T-shirts with the "I love Lucy" heart <laughs> that said "I love Lacey." Yeah, I think they would have been a big seller, right? Uh-huh. That's a good one. Yeah, and then and then it just never came about, and then he got and then he his career kind of went on the downturn. I would have bet money, and I would have lost, as I usually happens when I bet money, um, <laughs> that Jordy Nelson was going to be one of Paul's guys. Oh no, no that's a good one. Okay, so you do like he was one of your favorites. Well, we haven't oh, gotten yeah. to the recent recent, okay. but I'm assuming Lacey got the nod. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, I don't know what it was about him. Like I said, it was very much, you know, obviously he contributed to the team early on, but it was just his personality off the field. I I enjoyed it. So, all right, now we do current, right? Yeah, current, current players. So we're back to you, Mark. So are you going? Are you going this year's team, or are you going yeah. a little, little back, a little ways? Oh no! Well, he. I thought the, the stipulation was he has to be on the team. Okay. This current twenty. Yeah. Twenty team. Yep. Like twenty one team. Yeah. Well, this is tough. So I'm going to go Kenny Clark. It was either him or um, St. Brown, but I'm, I'm not sure St. Brown's going to make the team. So. What, a Notre Dame wide receiver? That's I thought Mark was going to pick Dexter Williams. You know, you well, never, you ever, you ever have that where you ever have that thing where someone says, uh, "How do you, here? Here's a way to tell if I've been kidnapped because you because oh, yeah. you say something completely out of whack." So we'll know that you've been kidnapped if you ever say that Equinemius St. Brown is your favorite Packer again, <laughs> or or Dexter Williams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now Kenny Clark. I'm I'm going to go Kenny Clark. I like him. I. I I just love the way he plays. He means. I think he's the most underrated player, maybe in the league. Certainly on the Packers. He never, you know, he never makes those lists when they talk about the great players. Like I, I just saw a thing. Somebody did something that 
you know, four Packers are, are named in the top whatever many players. And I'm like, and they all deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I just think Kenny Clark, when he's healthy and playing well, that defense is really good. When he's nicked up, like he does get nicked up because he takes on so much and plays so many snaps. The rest of it, he makes guy, he makes Dean Lowry from a below average player to an above average player. He's going to do the same with, with, with Kingsley Kiki. And he makes the line, he just makes everybody better. And I love guys like that. I love guys that they just don't make plays. They make other guys around them better. It's like a basketball player that makes other guys better. Um, and I have talked to Kenny a couple of times for, for stories again. Real good guy off the field as well. Does a lot of charity work. Does a lot of good things for kids. Um, but I just love him as a player. Uh, he was he was a kid when they. I mean, what was he like twenty when they drafted him or something? Yeah, he was very young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's and he's still young. I mean, he's still. I mean, you know, he's twenty five. He's gonna be. Yeah, and he's twenty five. I mean, some guys come out of college are twenty four. You know, and he's established. So yeah, I mean, it was tough. There was a lot of guys that could have gone with as, as you guys will too. But I'm gonna go. On this current team, my and again, I'm I'm leaving out a lot of other guys that I like, but Kenny Clark is 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 my favorite current Packer. I like that pick because I don't think either. I don't know. I want to speak for Paul. I don't think either one of us had Clark on that radar, but he certainly deserves the accolades. He's been really good, and they don't get any the nose tackles don't get any credit because unless you're right. the uh, he's elite and he definitely gets a lot more credit than the typical nose tackle. But a lot of those guys up front don't get any any credit for the dirty work they do because none of it sometimes doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He gets sacks and tackles and stuff like that. And we know that, you know, he's Pro Bowl nods and all that kind of stuff, all pro, but the nose tackles don't get a ton of love. So I like that pick. I absolutely like that pick. I mean He's he's one of those guys that the Packers absolutely have to have. There's a handful of players that if they get hurt are going to very, very materially change the Green Bay Packers. Kenny Clark is one of them. Paul, what are your thoughts on Clark as Mark's choice? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Mark made a really good point that just how underrated he is um, because of the position that he plays. And JC made a great point as well. Those tackles typically don't fill the stat sheet just because they're occupying double teams. And really their job is to do that, take up space and create for those around them, the linebackers and edge rushers. But Kenny Clark still does to a, a pretty high level considering what he has to go up against on a snap to snap basis. So great pick. And I mean, they're not going to be any bad ones uh, from this crew. Well, and I think if I'm mistaken, I, I could be mistaken, but I remember back in the Mike Pettin Dom Capers days that we've got the middle the inside linebacker position which always seemed to be so forgotten and I think wasn't it Blake Martinez who basically said that his understanding was that the guys up front were supposed to help make him clean so he could make a bunch of plays and I'm like well that's Kenny Clark we need him to make the plays you you just come in and clean up whatever's left left over there because Clark obviously had the makings of being a star and he was drafted amidst a flurry of early UCLA picks by the Packers. They went Dayton Jones, Kenny Clark, um, and they, they drafted a bunch well, of they went Pac twelve like seven years in a row, I think. Yeah. They went they Sam Seal was getting a lot of love early in the draft for his his scouting yeah, work. They went they went Pac twelve. They went starting with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, Matthews. I mean Chris Barnes is a UCLA kid, uh who's what which oh, wasn't No, I'm I'm going back though. Starting mm-hmm. with the, I, I believe from Rodgers Math wasn't it? I, I, I believe it was like seven or at eight or eight out of nine. I mean, Craig Newsom was Pac-12. ASU, Jones, Nick Perry, Nick Perry, USC, Clay Matthews. Yeah, the USC, UCLA. That we go. I mean, they they just they went Pac-12 every year. Mm-hmm. But you got to branch out a little bit there, guys. Which now they're doing more of. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go back to you. So who's who's your guy, Jason? 
So for current, this is interesting because I had to I had to really think about it. But for me, if I'm talking about that intangible and a guy that it's like you just I I was gonna go with Devontae Adams because how do, he's just he's the best pure player on the team. If just from a skill standpoint, I mean he's he's the best at his craft and he's about to get paid for it too. The Packers about to, to you know back up the Brinks truck for him, but I actually am going with Jair Alexander. Uh, well, first of all, he's the jersey I'm wearing right now, so I got to give some love to the, to Alexander. But I mean this this kid just so incredible for what he does. Picked off Tom Brady twice in the NFC Championship game, which I think is more about Brady throwing terrible passes than Jair having to you know really work hard for it. But he caught the ball, which is not always something defensive backs do. Unfortunately, it didn't turn into very many points uh, on the offensive side where they got the ball back. But just showing up big in a big game, taking away half the field, making things so much easier for the defense. I think he's made the job a lot easier for Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Don't get me wrong, those are two very dynamic players. But when your job is easier because the the you know two or three other guys around you or one superstar around you is is because of of what he does, then you're going to you're going to look great. You're going to look great on the stat sheet. It was probably similar to some of the play that I mean Nick Collins was a really good safety, but it didn't hurt having Charles Woodson up front too and Tremont Williams. And all those guys. So when you have help behind you and the guys in front of you are really, really good, it just elevates everybody else. And then the attitude that he brings, I mean, Jair Alexander does not have any regard for anybody else's feelings. He will steal your lunch money and laugh at you as he's eating the food that he buys with it. So, and that's the kind of player that you want on your defense. I love the the mentality that he brings. He's turned into an absolute star and you know, if you're a first-round draft pick, uh, that's the bar that's set there. You're expected to be a contributor and be a really, really good player. And now we all understand because I didn't know much about Jair, and I don't, I don't do a lot of draft prep, so I don't know if you guys were more aware of him in, in 2018. But when the Packers drafted him, I I knew next to nothing about him and had no idea that he would have even been on the radar at that point. I was Team Derwin James because that was the popular thing that everybody wanted. But I can say safely and assuredly right now, they made – they made a very good pick. They made the best pick they possibly could. So for me, it's Jair because he's going to get paid as well, and he's going to he's going to make that Packers secondary and the Packers defense very palatable for many years to come. At a, at a position that's just it's premier and it's so important. You got to be able to stop. You know, you got to be able to throw the ball on offense. You got to be able to stop the pass on defense, and that's a hundred percent what Jair does. He's so good at a position that's so important. So for me, that was an easy pick, uh, Paul your take on Jair Alexander and did I steal your thunder no not at all I mean once again can't go wrong for me as I was thinking about who I was going to choose for the current team I realized that there's a theme Rodgers when I talked about him it was you know off the field Eddie Lacy his personality and it's the same thing here that's drawn me to Zadarius Smith we all know what he can do on the field but what I really like about him what's drawn me to him is his leadership and the presence that he provides off of it. I mean, as we recall, the end of the McCarthy era, shifting to the new you know, regime with Lafleur, uh, you know, this locker room was stagnant. He, along with Preston Smith, Aaron Rodgers, others, but he played a big role in helping to revitalize that, help make it fun. Um, he's terrific in interviews. He just has a tremendous personality that you can't help but just want to listen to him talk more. Um, and then in addition to that, he's really just embraced being a Green Bay Packer, what it means to be a leader both on and off the field. And one thing that I absolutely love right now, 
or I have for a few years is when you see the various Wisconsin sports teams all supporting each other. And he's not the only one. There's been a lot of Green Bay Packers that go to the Bucks games as well, but he's always front and center, you know, cheering on the crowd. And that's something that I just absolutely love. So like I said, we all know what he can do on the field, but for those off the field reasons, the leadership and just what he's added in that regard, embracing the town, embracing the state, the leadership. Uh, I absolutely love Zedarius. Doesn't hey, Paul, he, ask you, that. you just brought up something that I'm, that I'm kind of curious about. You mm-hmm. do see a lot of Packers at Bucks games mm-hmm. and, and he always show them a court, but that's cool. Do, do Bucks or Packer players go to Brewers games and do Brewers or Bucks players go to Packers games? Um, I know Giannis has Giannis been to Packer been there. game. Yeah. There's okay. been Brewers at Bucks games. I guess I don't know if any go to baseball. To my not, I mean, I know I know they've thrown out like Amari Rogers threw out a first pitch at a Brewers game this year already. But as far as attendance, I'm gonna I'm, not that I know of. The Bucks one is the big one just because that's the one going on. Right. You know, well the Brewers are in playoffs. town playing. Right. Yep, they're the playoffs. The Packers are usually in town for um, you know OTAs mini camp. So that's the big one. Uh, that they'll that they'll all attend. If the Brewers were to go deep in the playoffs or get to a World Series, you probably would see because mm-hmm. the Packers would be around then too. She's I mean, yeah. what a bunch of cherry pickers wait until the Brewers go to the World Series. You know, I've been following the Suns very diligently for the past 10 years. I want everyone to know. And if you believe that, I also have a bridge that I want to sell you across the street. <laughs> Are there Cardinal players going to Suns games? Yes. Uh, Kyler Murray has been at several up, up front. Uh, the support for between the sports in Arizona is, is pretty good. Kyler Murray's been in a couple games. Okay. Just, I'm just curious about that. Um, you know. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, you know, going back and forth. And I mean, the Diamondbacks are awful this year. I mean, it wouldn't be Arizona sports if there wasn't one team that was performing terribly. So I don't I don't think anybody is uh, making an appearance at the Diamondbacks games or if they are. I don't they're probably wearing bags over their head at this point. But there's there's some pretty decent support going going back and forth there for sure. The Diamondbacks are the only Arizona team to ever win anything. That is correct thus far. That is correct. I, I, was, far. I was there when they, I was there tonight. They won the World Series. I was the Eagles played the Cardinals that afternoon, mm-hmm. and it was it was a, that that town went crazy. Yeah, bananas, yeah, it was crazy. I was living I was living in California at the time, but I was uh, you could probably hear me from Phoenix. I was screaming, <laughs> absolutely screaming, because it was the Yankees, and I just wanted to beat the Yankees with every fiber of my being. <laughs> I did not want them to win. So thank you, whoever whoever pulled the infield in on that last at bat. Thank you so much. And I know Luis Gonzalez thanks the Yankees as well. So, yeah, I mean, Zadarius Smith, uh, Paul, to get to your your pick, great great selection. He's been a huge impact. He's he's a Packer player now. I mean, he hasn't spent his whole career in Green Bay, but I have a feeling when his career is over with, he's going to be remembered as a Green Bay Packer just for everything he accomplished here. And he's one of those guys that does so much. He fell off a little bit last year, but he had such a big 2019. It was going to be hard to, to he and Preston Smith both just set themselves up tough for tough 2020s. Cause they had to follow up just magical years together in 2019. But he's one of those guys that you're rooting for and you want the Packers. So there's, there's a handful of guys you want the Packers to win a championship for. And Zadarius is definitely one of those guys. He's just, he's a good guy. You know, he, he gets with the, the, the team. He's got a good attitude. He's good for the locker room. He's the kind of player that you definitely want on your side and you don't want to have to play against. Um, Mark, I would imagine you probably can't argue too much with Zadarius being one of those contemporary choices. Oh, no. All three of those guys are great. They're, I mean, they're all great players. And, they, you know, I'm just – it's it's surprising. We um, 
We all went defense. Mm-hmm. That's on, true. On a, on a team that had the best offense in the league list. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about, well, yeah, we, I think we agreed we weren't going to go QBs. That we weren't going to go with right. Rodgers. And I, I almost went low. Okay. <laughs> reason that Paul like Rogers. I like uh-huh. I'm a love guy now because I everybody's ripping him for no reason. Well, exactly. Well, before we go, guys, we I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I know this is not an Aaron Rodgers show, but the deadline did come and go on Friday for Aaron Rodgers if he was going to opt out of the 2021 season, which he was never going to do. But it's official now. He's definitely not opting out. So now his options are lose a bunch of money by sitting out, um, retire, or I come back and play. So I feel like 12, we're going to see 12 in training camp because I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if there's any better alternative. I don't know if he wants to leave all that money on the table, but Aaron Rodgers not opting out of 2021. Mark, I'll kick it to you first on a scale of one to 10. How surprised are you? That he didn't opt out. Yeah. What's what's one. What's 10. 10 means I'm not surprised. One means one means you're not. 10 means you're very. Minus one. Minus one. Same for me. There was no way in the world he was going to. That was a minus two. Anyone's ever <laughs> Paul. Because <laughs> first of all, if he opted out, he didn't gain anything. He lost money. And the Packers would have kept his extra. Even care. the dogs chiming in. She's probably <laughs> minus three. He's saying, he's saying, no, he wasn't going to opt out. That's dumb. Minus I three. feel like that was a part that was forgotten about all of this or that wasn't discussed. His contract just moves down. Instead right. of being twenty one two three, it's twenty two three four. Like, right, like Funches <laughs> opted out last year. He yeah, and it rolled over. A one year deal last year. Mm-hmm. He opted out, so he wasn't a free agent this year. He comes he, that year reverts to this year. That yeah. was the dumbest story ever created by whoever created <laughs> it. It was a dope. The opt out. Yeah, that's that Florio. It was out. Mike Florio, wasn't it, Paul? Oh, there you go. I rest my case. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> upset about you mentioned Florio. Dogs are barking. <laughs> 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 Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, and Mike Florio, and I think I just burned a bunch of people's ear earphones or their speakers yeah. by speaking all three of those names at the same sentence. <laughs> all right, well, that was a short conversation. Hey, we did we we covered the news and we didn't spend more time than we needed to on it. So this one was a fun one, talking through our favorite Packers, past, present, and uh, I guess we don't know who the future Packers are. So we'll see if these defensive picks by all of us. So Mark went with Kenny Clark. I went with Jair Alexander, and but Paul, I'm, why am I blanking on Darius Smith? <laughs> Paul picks Darius, so we'll see if maybe they'll have the top defense. I, I mean, I don't know if they have the personnel for it, but it's Ooh, it's going to be close. it's going to be a lot of fun. Stokes would have to have to get in and start and be much better and reach a ceiling a lot sooner than we expected. I think for that to happen, but it could it could happen. Who knows? Joe Barry could be. You know, maybe he just needed to change the scenery and he turns out to be greater than he's been. And his, if you average out what he's done in the past, we shall see. But we're only a couple more weeks away from the Packers starting content and we'll have that buzz season, the refresh Twitter season and training camp and find out who had a great day and who didn't. How many wait ca- for that. That's what Mark lives for. How many oh, passes did the, did the Notre Dame wide receivers catch during the, you know, and all those, all those other names. So um, we'll go around the horn. Content-wise, this week at Packer Report, Mark, what is up now? What's upcoming? What's up now is I have a story earlier in the week about what's one of the things we talked about last week was just the depth of cornerback and what are they going to do? Are they are they going to give you know Jackson and Holman another chance, or are they going to get rid of them and give a chance maybe to an Ento and a Samuel? Um, so that, that was up. And then I have I, I actually interviewed uh, Juwan Winfrey. Oh, cool. Um, 
earlier this this week and i did a story about him and um i didn't realize all the health issues he had um through his career both in college at colorado and in his rookie year with the broncos but he's he said you he said it's funny he had a great quote where he said i just had to get out of the state of colorado to, yeah to, to get healthy and um he's pretty optimistic he thinks um he thinks he has a shot and you know some other people do as well. So just a nice little story about a, a guy that opened a lot of eyes at mini camp and a guy that I think we're going to keep our eye on during training camp. Okay. And Paul, over at Dairyland Express, Cheesehead? Uh, this week I had my five questions for the offense. I had six questions for the defense and what the heck might even do special teams. Um, and then in addition to that, on Saturday, today, I did an article over at Dairyland Express on three players who fans may want cut but they're not getting cut, folks. <laughs> Paul has teased doing a special teams piece two weeks in a row now. I feel like you have to do it at this point. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll have my questions for the special teams unit. That's... What is going on out there? I'll quote Vince Lombardi. Yeah, what the H is going on <laughs> out there, no doubt. And, of course, Packers Unrestricted uh, coming up for you as well. Uh, does anything change next week with the 4th of July holiday? I know it'll be out probably Wednesday or Thursday and I have no clue what we're talking about yet. We'll right, see. same for me. Quick Slants podcast out on Wednesday. Topic to be determined. Hopefully some news drops and it's better news than not. In the meantime, as we we start the show with the weather, we will end the show with the weather. It's summertime. It's very hot out there. Everybody make sure you're staying hydrated. Stay cool. Be safe. And until next time, go Pack Go. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com